Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Off Air. It's your weekly news, sport, pop culture, and I'm going to include tech because we talk about technology quite a bit. Tech podcast. Um, Each Wednesday, we drop an episode of Nick Stewart and myself, Tim Rubin, pulling apart our favorite three stories of the week. We pull back the media curtain and let you know what we think is going on on the other side. Uh, And just like always, Nick doesn't know any of these stories, so I surprise them with him, but I'd like to let you know what we're going to be getting into. So our stories this week, Novak Djokovic out of the US Open for hitting a line ref in the throat with a ball. I love this story, and weirdly, I have a very similar story and experience. Um, We're reaching the end of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and we break down what we think could be next. Plus, ScoMo is firing up a TikTok once again, but this time it's for tricking kids into watching some pretty horrifying stuff. Those are are our stories on the other side of this. Uh, If you want to know more about any of these stories or chat with us, join our off-air Facebook group. Search off-air on Facebook. Let's do it. Tim, Nick, yeah. With Nick and Tim, it's real talk. It's real walk. This ain't gossip. It's just what we say when we're off-air. It's real talk. It's real talk. Just two opinions. We spit what we say. We off-air. It's real talk. It's true talk. It's two opinions. We spit what we say when we off-air. Off-air, baby. I warned you of no, 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 no. I warned you. This is the 19th episode and I've warned you multiple times. There will be no rapping from you, Tim Rubin, in this podcast. I'm not not rapping. I'm just repeating the words from wonderful James Holland, who did our intro off air. You know, James was fantastic (laughs) at it. You remain to be seen. And if you don't want me to walk... Then I des- I recommend you stop trying to be Little Dicky. That's all. I, if anybody doesn't know who Little Dicky is, by the way, um, literally search Little L I L and then Dicky. There's an American Jewish rapper who looks so weirdly like me. Mm. Right? It's a strong resemblance, and I know deep down you sort of want to be him. Yeah, I, I totally do. I went to his concert a couple of years ago, and I was in the crowd, and I was like, I wonder if he's going to see Oh, Tim <laughs> Rubin, you're better than that. You didn't. But this is the thing. When you see someone who looks like you doing something really well, you're like, maybe I too have that in me, because maybe there's some genetic link. Do you know what I well, mean? Well, I'm getting compared a, a fair bit at the moment. It's the first time a famous person's ever really crossed my bow. I used to get a little bit of like Jason Siegel and Seth Rogen because I'm a bigger guy and I chuckle a lot. But some yeah. people have said that I look a little bit like the current Bachelor, Lockie. So maybe I have the potential to be a raging douchebag that runs an adventure company <laughs> in uh, Bali. Is he is he just screwed, by the way? Like, how can he go to Bali? What's he going to do now? That's a, he can't even go there. I didn't even think What's, about that. That's a great question. And, no one's gonna, and not only can he not go, but no one can go. So, and we like, all know that the Balinese people can't afford to do what all the Westerners that invade their country on a regular basis do. So I don't think they're going to be signing no. up to go White River rafting. They're definitely not renting mopeds and <laughs> flying around in the back of a jet ski on a boogie board. No, no. They have real things to do. <laughs> How are you, Tim Rubin? How's life in lockdown going? Have you gone against Dictator Dan yet or are you still saying sane? Well, actually, you know, it's really funny that you bring it up because it's not one of the stories of the week. But literally just while I've been setting this up, a story has popped up in my news feed. Um, have you seen this, that now the Chief Health Officer, Brett Sutton, has also thrown Dan Andrews under the bus? Yeah, things are like getting everyone heavy. Everyone is, he's just getting, he's just getting pounded from every direction. It's crazy. Mm. So, 
This is um. So the chief health officer he uh, was on three A was was on Brecky Radio um, this morning, and apparently he said that he didn't advise for the curfew lockdown in Melbourne. If you're not in Victoria, by the way, I think there's like an eight pm curfew, which we don't have in regional Victoria. Um, but the, the health officer is saying that he didn't recommend it, and now people are saying, well, if the health officer didn't recommend it, why did you do it? And it's so obvious, like. He's doing it. The health officer is there to talk about the cases and the impact of the cases. Dan is there to try and take those numbers and understand them and try and figure out what we do to fix it. Like the health officer isn't going to go, well, people are having a lot of parties at night, so maybe we should have a curfew. Well, it is interesting because there was the, the, the Australian health officer came out with some lightning advice during the week. I don't know if you saw this, and I can't think of his name. He's another good-looking doctor. Uh, but he said that it's very important if you are struggling with the effects of COVID to make your bed in the morning. I did see that. Why is that? Uh, oh, it's That's an old army thing. That's like, you know, it, it it's like eating the frog, man. There's this term in sales, eating the frog, where if you take care of one task first thing in the morning, uh, yes. uh, then that sets you up for the rest of the day. So I think he's being like, have, if you make your bed, you can't lie in it smoking bongs all day. I have two thoughts about this theory. The first one is that if your whole theory is based on if you make your bed and you accomplish, you achieve making your bed, then you can do anything. How fucking easy is your day? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the Chelsea Chief Health Officer of Australia. I hope it's to, really difficult not, at the moment. Like, not is for he his not doing sake. anything hard? <laughs> like... Like he's looking at COVID figure breakdowns of pneumatic like lung compression and he's like, Come on, Jeff, you made your bed so well this morning. You can knock this out of the park. Do you make your bed my... do you make your bed every day though? No, Ellie makes our bed. Oh because um, You misogynistic pig. Pig. You pig of a man, you Does she make no, you a sandwich as well? <laughs> no, she doesn't. I make her a tea. But um I never made my bed, yeah. and there's actually been there's actually been studies done that show that it is healthier to not make your bed because uh, then the sun and the air gets to all the different parts of your mattress and your doona and. Your oh, I bet it's considerably and- healthier to not make your bed if someone else is making it for you. <laughs> Bloody Richie Rich. <laughs> <laughs> But Ellie likes having the bed made, but I don't care if the bed's made, so I don't make the bed. But yeah, the sunlight kills the bacteria, so it's actually uh, healthier to not make your bed. Is this like one of those things where they say it's healthier to eat your own snot than not? I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I've never read that article. Is that an article? I, know. I, just, I, I certainly justify it a lot. <laughs> um, let's do Nick picks. Nick, do you, have a, uh, do you have a recommendation for us for the week? Tony Hawk, one and two. It's back, baby. Uh, it's the soundtrack that made me a little punk rocker before emo was a thing when I was a teenager. Uh, they have remastered the game and released it. I downloaded it over the weekend. And I've got to say, it is fun for about 10 minutes. And then you remember that games yeah. have improved dramatically since then. Where did they release it? Where do you play it? Uh, on PlayStation 4. I think it's available on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. I have a, I have a, a Mac. Can I play it? I don't know what kind of incoherent caveman devices you have. Yeah, I'm sure. If it's available on PC, then you just need to get... Well, you would be better off just downloading what you call an emulator, which like recreates the engine of old gaming consoles and playing the original one, to be honest, because that'll save you. I spent $90 on a 
on a on a game that still has the storyline and, and and those types of things as it did in the uh, early two thousands. I love that it wouldn't have been ninety dollars at the time. I no. had Tony Hawk one and yeah. two. Th- those things were like forty bucks at best. Yeah, big time. I, I'm I dramatically overpaid, but just so I could sit there and listen to the soundtrack, and, and will my uh, will my all my Corona woes away? I mean, that's what it's good for. Is it takes you back to a simpler time? I yeah, that sounds good. I, I'm gonna check that out because I did love that game when I was a kid. So I'll, I'll see if I can find that. I've got a great Nick pick for you as well that I think you'll appreciate, especially Nicholas. All right, hit me. Um, you're a bit of a foodie. Yes, correct. Thank you. Was waiting for that. Um, Ellie surprised us, surprised me this week. So we're doing surprise weeks for the lockdown, mm. and it was her turn to surprise me. And she ordered this thing from a, a company, and I'm going to give them a, a free plug. They haven't paid me, although I would love it if they wanted to. Um, Atlas is a restaurant in Melbourne, and what they do is, I think every month they change the type of food that they specialize in. Is it seasonal and or local, or is that sort of their their thing? Is they like to bring in seasonal produce? Um, don't know. I don't know how it works. No, I don't know. I don't know a lot about it. They choose a different country from around the world every month, oh, and, they, and they focus on that. Lovely. And um, uh, they are obviously because they're shut down at the moment. They're doing this thing where you can buy um, like a, a kit, and they send you kind of like a HelloFresh box. Yep. Um, and then so you get like the cucumber and all your ingredients, and um, then there's like a little video. And for three nights, we're doing Indonesian style. Um, and we're doing cooking classes with the little things that they send you, and it's really fun. That's awesome. Let me ask you a question, though, because Jazz and my fiancé and I got to do HelloFresh one week. She got sent – she works uh, in uh, marketing research, and she somehow got sent some sort of voucher to use HelloFresh. And I found it really interesting because, in my mind, the people that would buy HelloFresh are sort of, you know, upper-middle-class millennials that want to experience mm-hmm. – uh, like a MasterChef version of, of cooking by numbers. But yeah. every yeah. single thing is individually packaged in plastic. And it seemed really counterintuitive to what those people's views yeah. on uh, environmentalism are. Like you get it and every little thing is in a little plastic bag. Was that the same for this joint? No. Um, we had like a pineapple that came in oh. a paper bag. Lovely. And I think only the sauces came in plastic containers, but everything else was like a big cardboard box. Um, yeah, so clearly they've thought about it. I don't know about the HelloFresh guys. I can't say. So what have you made? What have, what's been on the menu so far? We only did last night. We did a, uh, ch- a satay chicken and sambal and pineapple sambal. Oh, it was really, really yummy. Nice. That is and I'm good. a terrible cook, so I was happy with that. You're not too bad. All right, we... You're not too bad. Although you used to have this weird little thing where we would go over to your place and you would bulk buy the cheapest human sausages available. Like I'm 90% sure that most of it was cartilage and that was your idea of a barbecue. You'd be like, look guys, I managed to get the cheapest beer I could possibly buy and the most makeshift sausages. Enjoy. Time for beer pong. Oh man. Everybody who knows me well um, or who spent any amount of time with me is probably laughing in the ground. (laughs) I'm glad to see you've crossed it up a bit. Let's go. Story number one. Novak Djokovic kicked out of the U.S. Open after hitting hitting a line judge in the throat with a ball. Oh, boy. Um, So if you haven't seen probably the most 2020 footage of the year, Novak was playing in the U.S. Open. He just lost a set, and in frustration, he took an extra ball out of his pocket and without looking, basically hit it 
off the court and it went straight into the neck of Laura Clark, who was a line judge, kind of in her 40s, fell to the ground clutching at her throat. Um, the umpire disqualified Novak from the game. Now Novak has had to come to Laura's defense online after her profile has been publicly shared by media outlets, specifically Serbian ones, um, and she is apparently receiving thousands of insults and death threats online. Nick, have you seen this? Well, yes, and I've got to say that the whole experience was a little underwhelming compared to the headline. Like when you hear uh, Novak Djokovic slams tennis ball in rage, he really just sort of padded it away. And, and it's gone straight yes. into her throat. I guess it's in the rules that he was kicked out, but it's been a hell of a year for him. Like, he already had a reputation as sort of the nasty one of the big three. Like, you've got uh, Rafael mm-hmm. Nadal, Novak Djokovic, and Roger Federer. And, Federer. and now now he has, in 2020 alone, he's hosted a, a what appeared to be a coronavirus festival in Serbia, <laughs> which resulted in several international tennis players getting coronavirus as lo- along with the, like their model wives and girlfriends. And now he's been kicked out of the US Open, which he was really the only big player in. So this is the first time, oh, don't quote me, but it's, it's, it's about six or seven years that this is the first time someone out of that three or someone that isn't one of those three players will win a major, which is kind of cool. It's really like legitimately anyone's game because no one's there. But no one so. knows who's good at well, like at this stage, my money's on Dylan Alcott and and he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> so I I feel like this is my chance to to step up and potentially head over and play because it could be it could be anyone. Do you think he deserved to get kicked out? Well, so there are two interesting parts to this conversation, and that's the first one. Um, I think I, I think well done the US Open. I think that it's good that they kind of stuck to those rules and that they were really hard and fast about it. I think when you start to bend rules for certain players, it can become a really slippery slope. Um, and I think that he took it really well. I think the more interesting thing is about the fallout that has landed on poor Laura Clark, who freaking loves tennis. She's like an amateur tennis player. She's been judging opens for years. I was reading a little bit a little bit about her and her life has fallen apart since this has happened. She's had to come, she's taken down her Instagram. Um, her details have been shared internationally. I'm more interested to know what you think about that part of the story. Mm, don't mess with Serbians. That's the, I've got a lot of Russian friends in Brisbane and they always say that to me as well. They're like, don't mess with the Serbians. They're hardcore. I mean, it's, it's anytime you get these superstars from smaller countries, uh, I, uh, it reminds me sort of Conor McGregor and Conor McGregor coming from Ireland and then all of Ireland just dramatically embracing him and anything he does is golden because he is the cash cow of their country. And that's a little bit the same for Novak Djokovic. So it doesn't surprise me that she's copped all this hate. Does it make it right? No, obviously not. Uh, And anyone that sort of spends time bullying her has probably got some sadder things going on in 2020. But it's, it's, it's a shame that she has been negatively affected by this it's so dramatically and she's had to remove all these things like could she not have made them private or she didn't want the dms i don't know i i think she's just totally i think she's just probably overwhelmed by it mm. um i mean i don't want to make super judgments but she's like a slightly older older woman and like yeah. if she's on instagram you know she's of the karen-esque nature that's freaking overwhelming and i i feel like i should 
put it out there that this has actually happened to me. I've experienced something very similar to this. No, no, is... no, no. But you deserved it. Sorry, say again. I said you deserved it. <laughs> so, wh- why do you think I deserved it? Because she, did, but not she her. was walking around and she copped a tennis ball to the face. You told her, look, well, I'll let you tell the story and then I'll explain why. Okay. So, in probably about 2010, um, I was into the UFC, which is the cage fighting, if you don't watch um, any contact sports. Um, I was into the UFC. There was a huge fight coming up with my favorite fighter, whose name was Anderson Silva. The spider. And he was fighting this guy, the spider. Um, and he was fighting a guy called Chris Weidman. Anderson Silva had basically, he was the guy. He'd not lost a fight. Um, he was the... Uh, the champion for something like two years, no one could touch him. Mm. And he used to throw these, um, he was really agile and very good at kicking was kind of a a big part of his game plan. He'd knock people out by kicking them in the chin and stuff like that. And the night before the fight, I was scrolling through his Twitter. This was before Instagram. And I saw that he was like just out and about and doing stuff in Vegas. And I thought, oh, that's so funny. I'll, I'll send him a tweet. And so I wrote to him and I said, hey, at Anderson Silva, break a leg tomorrow. Hopefully not yours, LOL. And then I put my phone away and I went to bed and forgot about it. Now, the next day, I went to a pub to watch this fight. And he goes into the cage and the fight starts. And he throws this leg kick and instead of moving out of the way, Chris Weidman raises his knee into the way of the kick. And if you imagine taking a baseball bat and cracking it on a rock, that's basically what happened to his leg. And it broke and bent literally around um, around the knee. Mm. And Anderson Silva fell to the ground career over yeah done it was like he got a second knee and he never recovered at what point though were you standing there at the pub watching the fight and you went oh no oh this isn't good that's not gonna age well well this is the thing at no point i left the pub i was like oh my god my favorite fighter has just broken his leg that's the end of his career i got home and i got a message and it said oh my god well done and i was like what for and someone said check twitter and the whole world had seen this fight happen had gone online to see if he was tweeting anything from hospital or what was going on. And right at the top of his page was a tweet from me before the fight saying, break a leg tomorrow, LOL. And break a leg, when you're listening to this, you probably know that this is like, you know, it's a theater term or it's a term of of endearment or for good luck. For a lot of UFC fans in America, they don't know that term. Oh, really? No, they don't know it. Yeah, it comes from the theater, break a leg. No, well, I know that, but I didn't know that Americans didn't know that. No, and then what's more, Anderson Silva is Brazilian. So all of these millions of Portuguese fans were Google translating it and they were like, oh my God, this guy told him to break his leg and then it happened. I started trending in Brazil. <laughs> I started trending in on Twitter in general. Um, Brazilian, and then, and then all, and this started to happen to me, the same as Laura Clark. I started receiving the death threats of all these people saying like, fuck you, you, you ruined his career. You jinxed him because they're a very superstitious bunch. Mm. Um, and I started receiving death threats like by the hundreds, like within every hour, I would receive hundreds of these things. How affected were so, you by them? Well, this is the thing is not, not very because... I think I always knew 
Like, for someone in Brazil to be writing like, fuck you, I'm going to come to Australia and kill you. Like, no, you're not. Chances are low. You know, like, yeah. a, like a plane ticket is expensive. And so for Laura Clark, like, yeah, this sucks for her. But also, like, I hope that she knows that no one in Serbia is going to spend, and especially right now, like, yeah. it's just not possible for people to travel. And so it's really weird. Like, on one hand, you go, um, nobody should be make, making these death threats and, like, no one should ever have to put up with this. Um, and this is terrible. But on the other hand, you go, when you're looking at it like in a practical sense, it's just outrageous and it can never be policed and never be controlled. So is it is it maybe an idea that we just kind of accept that some of these things are a part of internet culture and I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to advocate for death threats, but... Seems like you are. Like, it seems like you're, you're sitting very pro on the death threat side of this argument. <laughs> I think there's well, I, I just think don't there's think levels. you can do anything to control it. No. I don't think you can stop it. No. I don't think you can control it. Like the Serbian government's not going to get people in trouble for this. No, but I so think there's, the there's, there's limits. Like when you hear about people doxing people or, or people pe like picking on people who are particularly fragile, then that's a really negative thing. I think you're right. Yeah. Everything, and, and hopefully she has people around her in the real world, human people who are actually able to throw their arm around her and, and, and she, it sounds like she will have a good support network around her. And, and Novak Djokovic has come out, I think, since then and defended her and been like, hey, Serbia, yeah. lay off. Story number two. Kim Kardashian announces no one's going to be able to keep up with the Kardashians anymore because after 14 years, they are wrapping it up, baby. I know that, uh, look, a lot of people always say we want more Kardashian mm. stuff. And Nick, you are a fan of everything Kardashian from their makeup lines to that sweet crossover with Ray J. What do you, what do you make of all of this? I, for one, am personally outraged. Uh, I haven't watched it in, in, in truth in probably the best part of a decade. And I was not even aware that it still continued. I just thought that outreached the fame on that show by this point. Uh, but I mean, it is part of the legacy of the early part of this century. It it will be it will go down as one of the biggest shows uh, in the early part of this century, and they'll go down as one of the most infamous families uh, of this century so far. So it's really interesting. It's been a cultural phenomenon, and it really birthed the con. Like, think of how many other reality shows people tried to pull off off the back of Keeping Up with the Kardashians that just crashed and burned. Uh, like it's, it, it, it's pretty incredible that it has had this kind of staying power and managed to launch every single member of the family onto just sh huge levels of fame. Oh, I mean, there, there have been countless spinoffs, millions and millions of people who have watched this show at its peak. One episode back in 2011 hit 10 million viewers in the U S alone. Was that the wedding episode so, with Chris? That was the wedding yeah, episode. Chris Humphreys. Yeah. Yeah, I watched um, that one. They did you really? Oh, yeah, that was bigger than Chris Humphreys was an NBA player. I thought that was that what that's what started their craze with basketball players. I mean, they have if you put together all the Kardashians and put together all the NBA players, they've that team would probably, if they're all in their peaks, they would almost certainly win a championship. The Kardashians should have a draft pick. Yeah, <laughs> literally. They should just get to sub people in. There's one dating one at the moment. I think Kendall's dating uh, Devin Booker, who plays for the Phoenix Suns. I've seen them getting around with Justin Bieber at the moment. Why do I know this? Why is this knowledge <laughs> in my head? I don't know. Neither do I. I have a question, I have a question for you, though. Yes. Do you buy it? 
Do I buy that so it's... Dave, oh, do you reckon it's a John Farnham-style reboot? Do you buy that it's wrapping up? So, two things. Firstly, um, this isn't even the last season. So, Kim has announced that they are going to be finishing. They've said they're doing this season, which PS launches next week. So, very timely. Mm. And, sec- and secondly... They're doing this season, and then they're doing the following season. So it's still a long way away. They say that the final season is going to be in 2021 at this stage. Secondly, it seems like incredible timing. And I'm not just talking about the fact that the season is launching next week. I'm talking about the fact that the world is in a very, very strange place at the moment. There is not a lot going on. There's not a lot that they can do. Like normally there's stuff that they do every single year to kind of get buzz going when it when a a season or a big episode is going to launch generally it's just dating someone to be honest (laughs) dating somebody yeah releasing something um i some of them have already i'm terrible at this two of them have already gotten back together i don't think that that got a great amount of media what do you mean gotten back together if you're going to tell the story know the names who's gotten back together one of them that broke up with another one scott disick is he back in the scene because he was the highlight of that show i don't know two of the my point is there's not a lot that they can do to get media attention right now because there's a pandemic. You can think of something. And so it started the whole thing in the first place. I I genuinely wonder if this is um if this is a game, if this is a ploy. I remember when I was a little kid, I think you know this guy actually. Um Agro, you know the uh the the cartoon uh the puppet thing. I worked with Agro. I know Jamie Dunn intimately. Too intimately, yes. some could say. He sends some very graphic messages. Um, they had a campaign always going, should we cut aggro? And every single week, it riled up Australia to try and save that dumb little puppet character. He was, okay, hold on. He was a children's entertainer and he was exceptionally wealthy. Earned a lot of money, that little character. Did Have you had an ice cream? Yeah, of course I had an aggro ice cream. From where? Donut King? Yeah, no, no. Well, there was the Donut King one, and then there was the Mega Munch, Wendy's? which was more like a bubble o bill. I don't know if I had one of those. I ate a lot of aggro-related products. Anyway, my point is, I think that this is the aggro of the Kardashian world. They don't have anything else going on at the moment. They're announcing that they're wrapping up. And then when they don't wrap up, they can be like, oh, we listened to everybody and we decided to actually keep on going and people will be happy. Would you do one? Let me ask you that. If if uh, in some strange turn of events, someone found you interesting enough to film you on a daily basis, would you mm. sign up for it? Um... It depends who's going to film me and what it's going to be for. If you, if it was for Love Island or Married at First Sight or something like that, I would say unequivocally no, because that doesn't get those people anywhere. I think we've seen. I, I mean, one of them got in trouble for being at the anti, at, at an anti-mask protest last week. They all have OnlyFans accounts. I've literally had people from those shows message me asking if I can help them get jobs in radio. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to name name names specifically, but. Uh, so if it's that, no, but if it was go back in time and be in a reality show in 2010 at a level like the Kardashians, yeah, I would totally do it because, um, it's allowed them to launch all of these other things. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. I'd do it. Whatever. Why not? I I don't have a lot to hide. I don't know that people would find my life particularly interesting, but, uh, I'd give it a run. I mean, it's fun. Who, Who knows? It'd be cool. I've got one other question for you. So, so do you, firstly, do you buy it? What are you going with? 
Are you going with yes? Because I don't necessarily. I think that uh, everything to do with the Kardashians is based around money. And there's probably a chance that they might be negotiating at the moment. And I think if there is enough money, the show will continue. Um, that's very interesting. Uh, the other thought that I had was, is this just a rebrand? Are they rebranding? Oh. I think we've seen this. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this happen in a lot of different cases. Donald Trump obviously had his period of time where he had to disassociate from The Apprentice to start getting more heavily involved in politics. Um, Kim Kardashian is now... Uh, it's no secret she is doing a law degree in inverted commas. I don't know how much of it she she would actually be doing, but she's been going to meetings with the president to talk about law reform. I was about to say, I, let me throw this back at you. Who's more likely to be president first, Kim Kardashian or Kanye West? I think Kim Kardashian by a mile. Yeah. Huge. Kanye West has a better chance of running. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he already is. ran. He's, he's in the process. I believe he's still in the ballot in some states. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's I, a really think... that's a really interesting insight, and and you're probably not far off the money to be honest. I think she, she Kim Kardashian, and Donald Trump are possibly the two greatest marketing minds of this century, and I don't want that to be misconstrued. I I disagree wholeheartedly with ninety nine percent of what Donald Trump does, but from a marketing standpoint. You you got to give the, the the person props, and person is a strong word yeah. for Donald Trump, uh, and Kim Kardashian's the other person. I mean, she is she has ultimately completely built herself uh, from being Paris Hilton's best friend to the arguably the biggest name in the world. So I, I would put nothing past her, and I think you might be onto something there. I think also like when you're that type of person, like um, I was speaking to uh, my girlfriend about this earlier and she was like, maybe they're just wrapping up. Maybe they're like, you know what? How much more money do we need? These people do not think like that. These people aren't like, well, we've hit this amount. We can't spend anymore. (laughs) These are people who, (laughs) these are people who just want to go from level to level to level. And there's always another level. And in the same way that Donald Trump went from millionaire, he would probably call himself a billionaire, but I don't think that he's ever proven that no. millionaire to television name to president, Kim Kardashian, I would imagine, and, and her mom especially would want to continue leveling up. And I think that they've taken everything that they can from being TV names. And I wonder what the next phase. Well, they know they can't be movie joking, names. Like they know they're not actors. So yeah, I think that you're hundred percent right. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Anyway, we've still got a year and two seasons to go before we have to worry about Thank it. God for that. Story number three. This is a slightly more serious one. I'm going to put this out there straight away. ScoMo has called out TikTok for sharing a suicide video. So TikTok have made the news once again. They're again in hot water. And this time um, it is for allowing trolls to repeatedly post a video of a man committing suicide on their platform. They wrote this yesterday. They said, we're aware that clips of a suicide that was live streamed on Facebook, it's interesting that they try and put the blame on Facebook, Mm. have recently circulated on other platforms, including TikTok. Our systems have been automatically detecting and flagging these clips for violating our community guidelines. Now, Scott Morrison has literally called them out and he said no child should be exposed to horrifying content like this and platforms like TikTok need to put more resources into detecting and tearing down this sort of harmful content. TikTok is famously an app that is designed for very, very young users 
And now we're seeing the dangerous side of having an app that has 800 million users and no one really controlling it. I think we, we kind of start to touch on the question, Nick, that we've touched on before, which is, has the government just got to put up their hands and say, yeah, we have lost control of the internet? Well, they have. They have absolutely lost control, but, but, but it was never theirs to control. I mean, the, the whole purpose of the internet when it was started in the late uh, 1988, I'm going to say, it, 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 it could have been a commercialized commodity and instead the guy who invented it chose for it to be a free market thing. So there's never been any level of control open to current governments, which is we're seeing in the courts at the moment play out with uh, the ACCC uh, and Facebook and Google. So they they have lost control. Troll. The next decision they need to make is: Are they going to ban TikTok from Australia? Which is where things get very very messy. And this was this was. It's interesting that the prime minister signaled out TikTok, which is obviously very well known to be a Chinese-owned company. Uh, and he didn't necessarily make these outrageous statements off the back of the Christchurch massacre being streamed across uh, different platforms like 4chan and Reddit, and even even uh, some some of it did make it to Facebook, I think. Um, so it's going to be curious to see how this moves forward because Scott Morrison definitely seems to be very, from all all his actions so far, he is extremely against Chinese interest in Australia at the moment. And I think it becomes a bl- bigger political tool. Uh, it, it's such a hard thing to police, and I don't know how you'd stop it, to be honest. There's not enough monitors in the world to monitor that many streams. Uh, and it's really yeah. shit. It's really shit that these things are on the internet. Uh, and and it's certainly, I agree, that no child or no human should be exposed to that. Um, no. Uh, I think it was our e-safety commissioner who said that these are the type of things that you can't unsee. Yes. So this is like really damaging stuff. And, and these trolls haven't just been putting these videos up onto TikTok, but they've actually been um, hiding them yeah. in videos. So by creating, you know, like colorful, dancey cover arts and maybe the first two seconds being that, and then it's switching. So they're actually like, they are um, aiming to and targeting young viewers. Well, they should be charged. That's my opinion, is that those people, we do, what we do have the technology to do is to track those people down over a longer term period of time and charge them and, and, and find ways to charge them if they live in Australia. Obviously, that's the caveat. If it's coming from overseas, it becomes a lot harder and a lot messier to do. Um, but TikTok, you would think, would have the ability over time to find those accounts and delete them. And, and uh, But again, it's it's an imperfect science, isn't it? Like, this is what the internet was always going to be opened up to. And this is the thing. And when you say TikTok over time, yes, they are able to control it over time. But the fact is that it doesn't matter. Like, if, if it takes you a week to get all these videos down, there's so much damage has been done. I was having a look at some of the stats from TikTok today. They have over 1 billion videos viewed every day around the world. Mm. So we're talking about a, I mean, that's not, there are 800 million users on TikTok. So we're, we're talking about literally hundreds of millions of people watching and logging in every single day. So if it takes you a certain amount of time, that's, it's a lot of psyches that are seriously going to be harmed. This is also a human nature thing, though, isn't it? Because this is essentially the 2020 version of the movie Stand By Me. 
Like, what's the movie Stand by Me? It's got Stand River by Phoenix in it. Oh. It's a Stephen King movie, and it's the kids oh, yeah. that go. Oh yeah. Yeah, they they go to find the dead body. It's like when you're a kid and you're like, "Do you want to see a dead body?" And and you're a yeah. kid, so you're like, "Heck yeah, sign me up." Uh, and then you won't understand the long-term psychological damages that that'll have. But this is, you know, it's a very human nature thing for us to have a morbid fascination with death. It's, it's, it's really, I guess what troubles me more, and this is uh, more of a personal slant, uh, uh, a guy in the year above me, uh, this week, uh, committed suicide and it's been all over the, um, national news because his wife is actually currently pregnant with triplets. Um, and it's just, it's so drainingly heavy and, and, and for anyone that is having, you know, any thoughts around that lifeline, uh, Australia do a fantastic job and they're, they're tremendous advocates of suicide prevention and 13, 11, 14, if you want to get in contact with them, lifeline.org.au for any of those, but it's, we live in such a heavy time at the moment and I think it's taking a weight on everyone, man. Wow, I, I'm sorry. I'm so rattled to hear that that story. It's heavy. Um, it, it blew me away. Um, I was I was so blown away by it, and I I think that uh, at this stage there's a GoFundMe page that's had about eighty thousand dollars donated by a lot of people to try to support uh, the, the the grieving widow of this man who is, as I said, pregnant with triplets. It's a, it, it's, it's been such a, uh, crazy story, man. Crazy story to follow. And I didn't know this guy very well. My only interactions with him in high school, uh, were at a real face value level. And he was a, an incredibly nice guy. One of those guys, you know, I'm, I wouldn't refer to myself or you as a nice person, Tim, but one of those guys yeah. that is, is, is a genuinely nice person. So yeah, yeah. it's really affected the, uh, my community. And that's all I can really think of when I hear this story. But we publicize these things and, and, and I don't think kids should be watching the videos, don't get me wrong, but we should have open and frank conversations around suicide in 2020, which is interesting. So maybe it spurs that on, but obviously I don't think a child should watch a, watch a YouTuber live stream, uh, you know, shooting himself in the face with a shotgun. Yeah. I mean, that's so heavy when you put it like that. Yeah. I look, even if there is some positive that comes out of it which are those productive conversations i think that there is a really strong line between um some good coming out of something that is vastly negative and that's what is happening right now compared to something that is positive yes um you know in the same way that um uh mcdonald's forces people to have questions about health um and calorie consumption. That doesn't mean that McDonald's is a positive force on the um, health or diet industry. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, look, even though there are potentially productive conversations with children coming out of this, um, I still, yeah, so I'm so, I'm, I'm sorry. That's the, the story that you told of, of um, the guy that you know from school has really shaken me. Oh, mate, it's um, horrible. I, 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 I didn't mean to lay it on you or bring it up. It's just been yeah. weighing on my mind this week, obviously. Obviously, when you have a, even a loose association with anyone and all of a sudden you see them on the front page of news.com.au, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a really confronting thing and you start asking yourself some questions. And, and, and he lost his job. Uh, his name was Matthew Conwell uh, and, and he lost his job throughout the COVID period and his wife lost her job. Uh, 
and it just shows that there's a real human level to uh, what is happening here above and beyond the virus. And, and at no point am I, and am I discrediting the lockdown of business because I've, I've been a huge advocate for that for the whole time, and I still am. But shit, man, it's, uh, it's a very heavy time to be alive, and it's a significant time in our history, both on a personal level but on a greater level. This is something that we will talk about in 100 years. So it's, yeah. a, it's a fascinating it's a fat, morbidly fascinating time to be alive in itself. It's like we're all watching a car crash in slow motion. Let's make sure that we. Uh, I know, let's make sure that we share that. Can we find that GoFundMe page yeah, and share that most on, certainly. Our, on, on our Facebook uh, page and yep. in our Facebook group? Search off air, um, and you can join our group or jump on our Facebook page, and, and you'll be able to find that GoFundMe link. I would really like to try and help that get out there. Um, yeah, because that's a really. It's a really, um, oh, it's a, it, it's a very um, shocking and kind of humbling turn. Yeah, I think this, this story took, and it, and it just goes to remind you. I think you know it's interesting that we've been speaking about this story and about ScoMo and about TikTok and all of that. And I think it's it's a very real reminder that there are people at the center of these stories as well that we talk about very flippantly. So yeah. Oh man. I hope you're going all right because you're you're certainly in a in a more heavy environment than me being down in Victoria and uh, it's it, it, it's hard like because obviously Australia is one country and you have a lot of contact with people in those areas. My accountant is based in Melbourne and I wrote him an email and as I was writing it, I was like, "That's a stupid question." I wrote, "I hope you had a good weekend." I was like, "I highly doubt it was." I'm sure you were cooped up around home, not doing much. So. This is what I would like to do. Roll with me here. This is a little bit different, okay? Okay. We're gonna pause. We're gonna pause the podcast. I think for two minutes, we both find our best feel-good or funny story, and then we pitch them back at each other. I wasn't planning on doing this. I don't want to end on this note. Can we come back with a pick-me-up? <laughs> we can certainly. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Go. We are back. We've both taken two minutes to find a story. You want me to go first? Yep. Do it. Okay, scientists have for the first time cloned an endangered Prowalski horse, and it is freaking adorable, Nick. What do these horses they do? Have... What do they look like? It's this. It's the smallest form of wild horse. Oh it's yes, a... it's like three feet tall. They're found in like the Asian part of Russia, um, and they were discovered in the 1880s, but they've been extinct since the 70s. Although thankfully, before they went extinct, they uh, they froze some genetic. I don't know, probably horse semen. Is my <laughs> I would assume so. San Diego Zoo brought it back, baby. We got a tiny little horse running around, and this thing is adorable. I'm going to put this photo up as well. A Prowalski horse. And in terrifying sounds- news, it means we are one step closer to uh, the reimagining of Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, yeah, dinosaurs are next. <laughs> This horse is so cute. It's like um like little Sebastian from Parks and Rec, but but naturally. Um, famously, uh, Craig Lowndes, V8 supercar driver, has a miniature horse that roams around his house, and I have been told it's been rumored to uh, carry around a chariot, which is also an esky, and bring beer around his house. <laughs> That's the feel good that we needed at the end of this episode. What's your story? <laughs> oh, there's another Borad coming out. Very nice. Oh yeah, yeah. How I don't know how you can make another Borat. Everyone knows. Like, how could he possibly be Borat and and still trick people? 
the, I think the deep south of America has no bounds towards what you could trick them with. I mean, th- this is the supporter base that has independently voted in Donald Trump and could potentially do it again. So I don't think I wouldn't put anything against how much you can fool the deep south of America and, and the Midwest. What you're saying is they're particularly low-hanging fruit? Yeah. Is that what you're putting out Exactly yeah. right. Uh, but it's probably bad news uh, for uh, Eastern European countries because I do know that Kazakhstan were not the biggest fans of the original, even though it did boost their uh, tourism economy. Their tourism, which is very nice. Do we know when the movie's going to come out? No word as of yet. As always with most Sasha Baron Cohen uh, movies, they're steeped in mystery. So it'll be. It, hopefully it's good for him to go back to where... I mean, he had so much success, and I know that you went to the same clown school as him in France. Uh, I did, actually. I studied at, a, at a, an acting and comedy school called Ecole Philippe Gaulier. Um, I was just there on exchange, but that was where Sacha Baron Cohen went to build uh, the character of Borat. So, yes, I'm a very big fan of his work. He's a very talented man. Bringing it back, baby. Uh, yeah. Borat, Borat and Tiny Horses. Doesn't get much better than that. I'm happy to, to go out on that. Are you happy? All right, we're good. Yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> but good thanks for hanging out with us again this week we do have a facebook group we would love to see you in there search off air or off air au to follow the page um and let us know what you think if you see any stories that you think we should talk about hit us up catch you next week bye see ya